Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, we all have jobs, and the job that we do, there are going to be certain things about the job that we just are far more aware of than anybody else, and your job is the same way. You just sort of zero in on things that to an outsider might seem a little bit weird. My job is really no different in that respect, and I'll give you an example of this here. I get really confused sometimes trying to to define three phrases, especially this time of year. Those three phrases are last season, this season, and next season. What is last season? What is technically this season? And what would be next season? Now, there are some times when that's not so confusing. Like if I'm talking to you in November, if I say last season, well, you clearly know that was 2020. Or if I say next season, you know that to be 2022, and this season, the season we're in, is obviously the 2021 season. But now we are in calendar year 2022. We are about to put the finishing touches on the 2022 signing class. We are still several weeks ahead of the start of spring practice. So when exactly does last season become this season when you have that conversation? Sometimes that's not always quite so easy to find. Now, admittedly, in a lot of years – around here at Dog Nation, we're probably pretty ready and pretty energized about moving on from what was the previous season to the next season because when you don't win the national championship, there's always that thought of this time of year, hope kind of springing eternal, and you're ready to turn the page and get ready for the upcoming new year. When you're the reigning national champion, and Georgia is, maybe you're a little slower on that. Maybe you don't quite want to do that quite so quickly of turning that page to the to the new season. Maybe you want to stick in the present tense of the fact that Georgia just won a national championship. But as the old country song says, eventually time does march on, and eventually you got to get ready for what was this season to turn into last season. And all of a sudden, now you find yourself in this season. It used to be next season. Now it's this season. Does that make sense? You follow me on this, that we are now in the point in the conversation of the calendar year where 2022 starts to feel like this season, where it's time to start talking about what's going to happen in the fall of this calendar year as the thing that's in the present tense and on the minds of Georgia fans. And there is some good news about that. Even with all that Georgia is losing – off of its 2021 national championship roster, there are already a lot of Georgia players who are generating a good bit of buzz about what they can do here in the 2022 season there as well. And just for a few moments here on this show to kick this off today, I want to kind of show some of this. And I also want to lead into my own wish list of who are some other guys that I hope to see to join these ranks uh, eventually? Let me give it to you that, like this. For instance, and, and Connor Riley's done a really good job of chronicling some of this there on the pages of DogNation.com. For instance, the other day, ESPN put out its list of way too early All-American considerations for next season. It's kind of cool to see three Georgia players on that list for who can be All-Americans in 2022. Two of those guys, probably not a huge surprise. Jalen Carter on defense, getting predictions already to be preseason All-American there 
at the uh, at, at the defensive line position. Clearly, defensive line was one of Georgia's top strengths this season. You'd like to see some carry over that for uh, next year. A guy like Carter has a chance to be one of the best players in America. Probably not a huge surprise. Brock Bowers is a rubber stamp as a first-team All-American probably for the 2022 campaign, given the fact that's essentially what he was this season as well. So probably no real surprise there. The addition to that list that certainly gets your attention and makes you feel kind of excited about what could be to come for next year. Keely Ringo shows up on this list. There was also a thing the other day uh, at ESPN from Bill Conley about Ringo being one of the signees from the class of 2020 who has a chance to do even more here in the 2022 season. All of this for Ringo, of course, coming on the heels of the interception to seal the deal and win the game against Alabama. He's clearly a lot more top of mind for a lot more folks because of that. And now he's even getting some all American buzz for ESPN next season. I think that's kind of fun to uh, think about. There was also the thing at pro football focus the other day where they were looking at the, the top 10 receivers for next season. Georgia didn't have a guy on that list, but Arian Smith did make the sleeper category of someone who could maybe be on a list like that by the end of next year. And obviously the thing the pro football focus cited with him was the blazing track star style speed that Smith has. And we talked about this when Connor was on the show with us on Tuesday, that if there is a great receiver, I'm talking about at the wide receiver position, if there is a great receiver on Georgia's 2022 roster I do believe that Smith is the safest best bet to be that that's by no means a guarantee that I think that's going to happen but when you look at the dimension that he has that a lot of even very good Georgia pass catchers really haven't always had in recent seasons Smith that dimension of speed I think gives him a chance to be that guy so you'll add him to the list of already pro football focus and you know listen Kirby Smart's kind of you know said what he said about pro football focus in the past and you know sometimes I guess I have some suspicions about some of that kind of stuff too uh but nonetheless it's still kind of nice to see one of your guys getting some buzz from pro football focus as a speedster as a, as a potential sleeper as a guy that could break out in a big way when it comes to the wide receiver spot uh for next season then there was also this from ESPN uh you may have seen this and I know uh, Dog Nation has a story about this too that Malachi Starks one of those 2022 signees uh, is already kind of getting some talk as hey when you're looking at breakout guys from the 2022 class that could be big contributors next season for the most important teams in the country ESPN cited Malachi Starks the other day as one of those guys so that gives you five right there of guys who are going to be on the Georgia roster for next season who are already starting to get some talk already starting to get some buzz already a lot of intrigue building around them. Guys like Carter and and uh, and Brock Bowers on their side of the ball, arguably best players in the country. Guys like Keely Ringo, Arian Smith could truly be breakout guys. Ringo probably already had a pretty good season, uh, but but breaking out to an even better category next year of household name that's recognized as one of the top players in the country across the board, no matter where fans are on that. Uh, much the same way, you know. Uh, uh, someone like Arian Smith can maybe do that on the offensive side of the ball there as well the Starks is the incoming freshman but also one more thing I thought was kind of interesting on that you know 24-7 sports like a lot of these uh, uh, recruiting shops kind of updating their end of year rankings their final rankings the final star categories who are the final five stars for the class of 2022 and uh, in that in mind one of their writers the other day said something I thought was really nice about Jalen Walker on Twitter I want to show you this because it leads me into something else that I want to say here today. So uh, Jalen Walker gets the five-star nod from 24-7 Sports, not the composite, but 24-7 individually. And what Andrew Ivins says, who's a writer for 24-7 Sport, is 
A former SEC assistant told me that Walker will, quote, play right away after seeing him move around there at the Under Armour practice. So that's another guy who's going to be on Georgia's roster for this upcoming 2022 season who's already generating some buzz. And of all the things that I just mentioned, the nod there on Walker might be among the most interesting to me. Because if you were to ask me, Okay, it's great to hear that about Brock Bowers. You kind of expect that. It's great to hear that about Jalen Walker. You kind of expect that. Fun to hear that about Arian Smith. Fun to hear some things about Keely Ringo. Cool to hear some things about incoming freshmen. But where, B.A., do you want to hear buzz moving forward as you get closer to spring practice, into the summer, as you get into that time where the real foundation is laid for what's going to happen for, for Georgia in 2022? Where do you want to hear more of that buzz showing up? And the cool thing about the Walker thing there from the 24-7 rider is, is that linebacker for me is one of those spots. As we talked about uh, you know, earlier this week, when you look at what Nakobe Dean did for Georgia this year, what Channing Tendall did for Georgia this year, what Quay Walker did for Georgia this year, Georgia got so much from that interior linebacker spots that what happens in 2022, man, you just have a lot of big shoes to fill there. And it's not to say that Georgia can't fill them, but it's, it's it's simply a matter of how close can Georgia come to matching the unbelievably impressive performance of that trio a year ago. So if I had a chance to wave a magic wand and if I could wish into existence as, as a fan here, if I could wish into existence some buzz for this upcoming 2022 season's team, some of that probably for me would be at linebacker. I'd love to hear good things during the spring about Jamon Dumas Johnson. I'd love to hear good things in the spring. But I got like Smile Mondo at one point in time was getting the same kind of chatter on the recruiting trail that Jalen Walker is getting right now. Mondo now a year older and a chance to really show what he's all about. I'd love to hear that buzz. The other place that I would love to start hearing more buzz but the upcoming season, actually, I'll give you two of these to wrap up this conversation. In addition to the six guys who are kind of already getting some of that, Here's where else I'd love to hear some buzz as you move forward. Don't you want to hear it about running back? You know, with James Cook, what he did for the program this year, with uh, Zamir White, what he's done for Georgia for the entirety of his career. They're moving on to the NFL now. And obviously, you've got Branson Robinson coming in as a true freshman, a lot of excitement there. But you've also got a duo of guys, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, who have been really kind of tabbed as breakout for a long time. And this is to say nothing of DeJon, DeJon Edwards, who I also think is a really good player. But don't you kind of want to hear some of that buzz about that running back spot too, that either Kendall or Kenny or maybe even both have the look of being able to give Georgia the the tandem of great backs that really define the 2017 team, the 2018 team, the one area in which the 2021 team was probably a little bit inferior to those previous Georgia teams, especially the one that played for the national championship back in 2017 was you didn't quite have that ex- that, that exceedingly dominant running game. As the preseason buzz continues, I'm hoping to hear some more of that at running back. And I guess to kind of go in tandem with that, I'll say that about offensive line there too. I thought the Georgia offensive line was good here this past season, and I'd love to see that take a stride forward next season, which means you take the the bedrock guys that you know for sure, guys like SVP right there in the middle, guys like Warren McClendon, and you start saying, okay, well, who do you put around them? the way that Broderick Jones played in the national championship game maybe leads you to believe that it is now his time for sure not looking over his shoulder anymore he's one of those guys 
But aren't you ready to hear more about Amarius Mims? Aren't you ready to hear more about that here this offseason, into spring practice, into the summer, that he's ready to be one of the five guys in the field somewhere at some position? Seems like it's about time for that. And then for me, the last name I'd mention here is Tate Ratledge coming back from injury. I think if Ratledge had played in 2021, that maybe a good Georgia offensive line would have graduated to great simply because of that one healthy player. That's how good I thought Ratledge was probably going back to the spring. Ultimately, the injury kept him from doing that the Georgia offensive line probably lost a little bit because of that but but his presence here and and buzz around his return to health and what he's providing to UGA would be kind of cool there as well so let me kind of sum all this up real quickly and then we'll move on and talk about something different it's kind of cool to already see some Georgia players getting some big talk guys like Brock Bowers and Arian Smith on the offensive side of the ball guys like Keely Ringo and Jalen Carter on the defensive side of the ball incoming freshmen like Jalen Walker and Malachi Stark it's a really cool thing to be able to see and as we continue to monitor this preseason buzz moving towards spring and summer I'm hoping to hear more of it about the offensive line I'm hoping to hear more of it about the linebacker spot and from the running back spot there as well if Georgia is going to reinvent itself and put together a, a defense of that national championship those are some position groups that need to be pretty noisy as well as we move through this offseason. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp. Hello to you, and thank you for being with us. Whether it's 945, first and 15, dognation.com, and the Dog Nation app. 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, of course, Radio Noon in the classic city on Athens, Sports Radio 960, The Ref, or Podcast Warm apple spotify we post the show at the world famous dog nation.com all kinds of ways for you to listen watch whatever you want to do we try to make the show available on as many platforms as possible and we really appreciate you tuning in to be a part of it and i am very grateful as well for our friends at merriweather and tharp because they allow us to do this show like this on a daily basis and i love talking about georgia football it's a fun conversation unfortunately though sometimes in life there are conversations that must be had that just simply aren't quite so much fun And one of those, unfortunately, is the divorce process. Some of you just kind of find yourself in a situation where divorce is truly the next step for you. And I hate that. That's one of those things where I wish that weren't true for you. But in some cases, that just is. You've just you've tried to make the relationship work. But now you've come to the belief that just may be severed beyond repair. If that's where you find yourself right now, then let me let you turn your attention to my friends at Meriwether and Tharp because they want to hear your story. They want to they want to show support for you. And just sometimes it's just kind of nice to have someone to listen to your story. And that's what Meriwether and Tharp as a first step wants to do. But then after that, they want to put their expertise to work for you. I'm talking about thousands of times their attorneys have been through legal situations that might be similar to yours. Of course, your situation is always specific to your own circumstances. But but still, there is an institutional knowledge that's gained when you go through the divorce process with other clients the thousands of times in the past that Meriwether and Tharp has done that. That gives them the knowledge to know how the law impacts you in your situation, your finances, the relationship you have with your children, all kinds of intricacies about the law that I'm not even really smart enough to even know about, but those folks there, they do know about them. They know what that's all about, and they want to put that to work for you. So go to their website, theatlantadivorceteam.com, find them there, set up that initial consultation with one of their attorneys, tell them your story, and find out how they can explain how you can be really set up for success and more happiness in the next season of your life, and that is a very important thing to do. So theatlantadivorceteam.com, Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. We are looking forward to having Terrence Edwards on the show. 
Coming up in just a couple of minutes' time, a lot to get into with Terrence when it comes to the wide receiver spot, the opening for a wide receiver's coach. Obviously, Terrence's name's even come up some with that, so we'll continue the conversation with him on that. Also, just the, the, the personnel, how it starts to fit together for next season, this season, whatever you want to call it, at the 2022 uh, campaign for the Dogs. We'll do all of that with Terrence Edwards coming up in a moment. Before that, though, I want to go around the doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at ServPro, and I want to follow up on something we talked about for a little bit yesterday, that one of the final pieces for Georgia in its 2022 class is four-star defensive lineman out of Cedar Grove, one of the most talented teams in the Atlanta area, the Cedar Grove Saints, Christian Miller, and Miller's been one of those guys that has been of interest for Georgia fans for quite some time. I hope you got a chance to catch Before the Hedges presented by Kroger last night with Jeff Sintel, because Jeff on the show shared an interview that he recently did with Miller going back to the All-American Bowl. And it's worth watching and seeing the entire thing because Miller's pretty candid about his recruiting process. But the one thing that Miller did make us aware of during that interview is the two schools we kind of think of as way out in front for him, even though he's slated to visit Miami this weekend, the two schools that we think of as being out in front with for him, for the most part, he acknowledged that still being true. Buckeyes and Bulldogs, last night before the hedges presented by Kroger, Christian Miller talked a little bit more about that this is Miller with Jeff. Georgia and Ohio State. Remember you told me they were your dream schools in ninth grade? That's who you told, I think, Coach Patrick. Man, it would be awesome if I can get a chance to go to one of those two schools. And they're still standing. They're still I mean, standing. It's, what, what keeps them there? That's really about That's my strong. That's my strongest school is that, that's recruiting right now. They both got the edge on my, on my recruitment. Um, growing up, I watched Georgia. Growing up, I watched Ohio State. And, um, going to sneak up to see those on unofficials or i know you can do that with georgia what are you I, well, I definitely can do that with georgia uh, ohio state that might take a little a little trip i had to i had to plan out but georgia i could just hop in my car and, and go, go go eat something what's the- I, lo- I love that at the end he's like yeah george i can just hop in my car and go eat something uh listen you feed a young man what's the old cliche about you know the stomach being the weight of the heart or something like that you provide some good food for a young man you can uh you can certainly uh take good care of him but i just love the idea i'm gonna go up to athens have a meal hang out with the coaches hang out with the players whatever else i'm gonna do that but in a lot of ways miller reinforces there what a lot of people have believed about him for quite some time that it's kind of that georgia ohio state battle but many of you are also pretty confident that maybe georgia ultimately emerges as the victor in that and Possibly aiding that confidence a little bit is what a guy named Dave Biddle, who covers Ohio State for uh, 24-7 sports, Biddle was on the Bill King radio show. Bill's a longtime college ball talker based out of the Nashville area. Biddle was on Bill King's radio show in Nashville this week, and something that he said about Christian Miller kind of got some attention. Let Let me set this up this way. So you hear Miller there saying, my two dream schools have been Georgia and Ohio State. A lot of folks have kind of believed that was true. So Biddle, who covers Ohio State, covers, I guess, recruiting in particular, was on with Bill King. And you know how like I'll sort of read comments and, and sometimes I'll phrase questions based on some of the comments that I'm saying. I guess that's what Bill King, the radio host, does with Biddle. He says, hey, so-and-so wants to know about some player out of Myrtle Beach. And honest truth is I wasn't even really all that familiar with the player that he mentioned there. So he's being asked about a recruit out of South Carolina that, that Ohio State may or may not be recruiting. And Biddle passes on that, but drops a little nugget in on Christian Miller. And, you know, sometimes I just want to make you aware of all the chatter that's out there. So this is Ohio State recruiting expert Dave Biddle on with Bill King on Christian Miller from this week. Some Georgia fans noticed when Biddle said this. Oh, I haven't followed that one too much. 
too close. I, I can't give him a very good answer on that one. I'll have to look into that one. I'm, I'm more focused on the guys that are going to be signing next week. And really, they're only going to be signing two guys. They're not going to sign Kristen Miller. He's going to go to Georgia. So I'm not too sure about Montgomery. So, yeah, I don't even know who the Montgomery guy really is. Maybe some of y'all do uh, know more about that than I do. But in the case of Christian Miller, you hear the Ohio State experts saying, I'm focused on who Ohio State's pursuing. One of those guys, Christian Miller, but they're not going to sign him. And just basically kind of matter of fact, moving on on that. So this is one of those things. I think for the most part, Georgia fans have been fairly confident about Christian Miller, much the same way they were with Ernest Green a few weeks ago when, when, when Green ultimately confirmed that he had signed with Georgia back during the early signing period. And one of those big final remaining names – is uh, Christian Miller, and you hear the Ohio State guy say, yeah, that guy is uh, going to George. I guess that leaves you wondering, what about Shamar Stewart then? Uh, we'll ask Jeff about that tomorrow, if anything's changed with Stewart on the heels of his uh, visit to UGA. We'll do that as part of Friday's edition of our program. But for now, that is Around the Doghouse, and it's presented by Serve Pro. And, you know, listen, uh, always uh, fun to talk about all the big things going on with uh, Serve Pro and the fact that, uh, you know, they really step up to the plate for you and help you when it comes to uh, damage that can be caused by fire by 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 water intrusions it's kind of one of those things that that happens you know other day my wife was over there cooking and this 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 happened and it's one of those things where uh uh like she cooks the steak on the pan and you know smoke goes everywhere and fire alarm goes off and you're just kind of reminded and of course in our case uh total false alarm we had a fire alarm at the building the other day uh where i'm sitting here getting ready to start the show and uh you're just, you know kind of getting ready to do whatever we're literally sitting at the desk getting ready to begin the show and sure enough right here in the building fire alarm goes off and it's just kind of a reminder how quickly things can happen and if you have a little bit of fire damage in your house you have a little bit of water intrusion damage in your house obviously it's one of those things where figuring out how to get that cleaned up figuring out how to get that fixed can be kind of a challenging thing it'd be a stressful thing well that's where you want to step up and trust my friends at serve pro because their restoration specialists can get this cleaned up for you fixed up for you like it never even happened folks show up at your home they never even know what you dealt with because their folks just work that hard to get it all back the way that it's supposed to be if you're watching a video you see the fleet of trucks and the army of equipment and all, all, all the cool stuff they have to get your home back like the damage the cleanup like it never even happened also each and every franchise is independently owned and operated what that means is you're doing business with folks who also have a stake in the outcome they want to succeed just as much as you want to because they want you to tell a good story about them because this is their business this is their livelihood on the line each and every time they go to work for you so check them out online to find out more it's servepro.com that's s-e-r-v servepro.com for a lot more on that before we're done with today's show kind of a small thing but it's still an interesting thing there is a former georgia player now former georgia player who's getting a decent amount of praise moving into the nfl draft cycle that we're about to be in and i think what's being said here it's pretty instructive. It's the kind of thing I think we ought to pay close attention to. We'll do that. Also, a, an SEC assistant had kind of a wild social media rant this week. And in one respect, it's gotten a lot of attention, justifiably so. On the other hand, I'm kind of surprised by all of the unanswered questions that this discussion leads us to. So I want to talk about both those things before we're done. And an interesting observation I also had this week about one of Georgia's biggest rivals. So we'll do a lot of that coming up. Before that, though, Man, a lot to get into with the aftermath of Jermaine Burton's transfer to Alabama. Obviously, Terrence Edwards, we would expect to have a lot to say about that. Uh, you know, 
what's next for UGA at the wide receiver spot, the open wide receiver coaching position, all kinds of bases to cover here. I want to make sure that we do that. It's a Marlowe's Tavern insider update and a great, great guy to have as a part of that, a true Georgia football insider, record-setting player, guy who's close to a lot of the guys who worn this uniform and a guy doing big-time work with that next generation of pass-catching targets there as well. So it's going to be uh, Terrence Edwards here. Happy to have him and all of you with us on the program today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Always so great to have Terrence Edwards here on Dog Nation Daily. And it seems like the wide receiver spot, that's Terrence's old position and still the position that he loves coaching up and working with folks on right now. Man, it's just been in the conversation so heavily over the course of these uh, last few weeks. And, you know, Terrence, we talked to you last week when Jermaine Burton, your protege, guy that you know very well, was in the transfer portal. And now we know that he's going to Alabama. And, you know, I just want to be as candid with you as I can be. I think I probably fall into the same category of what a lot of Georgia fans kind of fall into, including a former player like McCole Hardman, who kind of looks at it as like, you know, anywhere but Alabama. You know, go to another SEC school, go do whatever. And, you know, in some respects, you kind of wish well. You know, Justin Robinson goes to Mississippi State. He's going to play against Georgia next season. For the most part, that doesn't generate much controversy. But when a guy like Burton, who would, if he stayed at Georgia, be one of the top players in the roster next season – when he goes to Alabama, that just kind of generates a, a little more controversy among some, including admittedly myself included. So I want to give you a chance to respond to that part of it. We talked about Burton as a transfer last week, but now that we know he's going to what a lot of us view as kind of the arch nemesis Alabama. What do you make of the conversation that's been generated since Burton made that choice? Well, first and foremost, I understand it. I understand that, you know, Alabama is the, is the big bad beast that we've been trying to get over the hill for a long time, and we finally got over that hill. And now a young man decides to leave us to go to them, and I could get the, I could get everyone's sentiment about it. I've, I've said this, and you know, I've been very vocal about Jermaine. And at the end of the day, I, I tell everybody this: I told this young man when he was in eighth grade that I've always been on his side good, bad, and the ugly, and it's not going to change now that he's playing for Alabama. Uh, everyone knows what my loyalty is. I'm a bulldog through and through, bleed red and black, but my priority and what I've been placed on this earth to do is mentor these kids, yeah. starting with him in the eighth grade. And that's what, first and foremost that I'm going to do, regardless of what anybody say, anybody think. I'm going to stand behind him. Um, but at the end of the day, I would cheer for him. Um, if so happens to play Georgia in a SEC championship game, I want Georgia Bulldogs to win. I want him to play well, but I want my dogs to win. So I can understand everyone's frustration uh, with Jermaine and his talent. And uh, I just didn't hear this with, like, with Jalen Kimber going to Florida. I, I, that is one of our biggest rivals, but no, really, me, Cole, or anyone else didn't have anything to say about that transfer. So, you know, it's, it's these young men's lives. I'm not going to be too upset with what they want to do with their lives and I tell you this, B.A., this is what I say to all the guys that I, I mentor. They ask me my opinion. I give them the pros and cons, and I say to them, at the end of the day, is your life to live. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'll just give you my advice yeah. if you ask. And that's the way I go go about it. But I can understand the frustration from a lot of Georgia fans. Of, you know, we beat the beat the bullets on the block. Now you're going to the bullets. So I can get it, but uh, I'm more uh, intimate with it. So, I, you know, I get a little emotional when it comes to guys like Jermaine and, 
Justin and Eric because they've been with me for so long. And I think that's really important to keep in mind is that, you know, I'm a sports host. We do a sports conversation. You know, I meet a lot of these guys, but I don't know them as deeply personally as you do. And I think you come from from the perspective of, hey, loyalty is important. And for a young player like this who, I mean, gosh, think about all the things that Jermaine or Arik or Justin or any of these guys have heard over the course of their time growing up. Everybody tells them kind of what they want to hear because they want something from them. They want to get their attention. They want them to sign with their letter of intent, whatever else. I mean, all the things these guys have been told, and there is this fleeting sense of, hey, I'm on your side as long as you're doing what I want you to do, but the moment you're not, then you know some of those relationships get severed. I do think it's important for someone like you to be the kind of person, whether it be Jermaine or anybody else, that, hey, I'm going to be on your side no matter what because you're my guy, and the bond that we have is deeper than just a – a sports thing. I mean, admittedly, I kind of view players like this more as just players who either play on my team or play on my, my, my rival. But your relationship with them is a far different thing than that. And I'm at least wise enough to know that's an important thing for these guys to have in their lives. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. You know, I, I try to uh, let them know that before when the time that they come train with me and any guys that, you know, I'm here for more than just football. I've, you know, done a lot in my life. Uh, I just know, you know, they would need at some point in time, they would need someone to be in their corner that, uh, that's not biased. And I'm not going to be biased with them. Well, I will be biased, but I'm biased. Uh, I just want them to know, no matter what they do, popular or unpopular, that I'm not going to turn my back on them because it's, he's leaving Georgia, my school, and he knows how much I love Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and none of those guys, Justin, either. He, he knows I spoke with Justin last night. <laughs> He knows I'm gonna be there, win, lose, or draw for him, uh, no matter what. So I can, but I can understand. I do understand why it's a big topic with Jermaine, and you know it's been a week now. So I'm just think the dust has settled. I think the Georgia fans, all of us, can move on and let's start supporting. And I think people are asking about the room already. The room is very talented. We have a lot of guys that can, that can make plays, and I know we're upset with just. Well, let's let's. Let's worry about and talk about the guys that we yeah. have. Uh, I've been talking about uh, Denala Marset is a guy right. that I really, really, really like a lot, and I think Georgia fans are going to be really pleased with him. No, I think that's really fun to think about. I mean, I saw Denial and play at one point this year at a beautiful touchdown in the uh, in the game that I saw, and I, I do think I mean he played on a very talented team, so you got a chance to kind of see him working with other college level talents themselves, and sometimes it's a little bit hard for me to tell how senior year of high school translates to first year in college but there's no doubt the eye test the nylon kind of passes that he runs crisp routes catches the ball well as i said before had a beautiful touchdown in the game that we televised for him i i, I do think he's a big time prospect for a reason terrence right but most uh definitely and he's he's one of those guys that uh i call a football player um i wouldn't particularly say he he has great straight line speed he has uh, great natural ability to catch the football, but he he's a football player. And I say dog on the outside, where he's. You know, I know the Georgia fans always, you know, uh, make fun of people blocking ability, and yeah. he has that. He 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 goes out to dominate, and he's that, you know, that that type of junk yard dog back in the day type of football player. Uh, Ally Hines Ward. I mean, he just a, a, a football player is going to do anything it takes to win, and uh, I really like this young man. I like all three guys that we signed. They bring something different to the table. And the C.J. Smith coming out of Florida, uh, you need guys that can run. And yeah. him and Arian Smith on the on the outside to be able to 
uh, opened up the, the, the top of the defense. Now with Brock Byers, you know, people are going to try to play him a little different. You need guys who could who could beat one-on-one coverage and speed kills. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about the guys that we have, and I'm excited about the guys that are in the room. And I mean, we got A.D. Mitch, we got Lad, Kiera sure. is coming back. Thank Dom is going to be uh, the Dom that we expect him to be. Jody Meeks, like we have talent, talented guys in this room, and it, you know the sky's not falling because Jermaine or George is left. Yes, they are talented players, but I really like the room to the way we want to play offense. I think we're going to be just fine. So I think that's all really well said. And I'm like you, you know, you mentioned the other guys that George signed. I saw Cole Spear play in person this year. I thought he was really a very good athlete there too and you talk about Chandler Smith the speed that he brings the table we talked about Arian Smith a little earlier before you joined us and I even said a little earlier this week that because he does have the dimension of when he's healthy that true breakaway speed that if Georgia has I'm talking about a really big breakout season from a guy this year if he can stay healthy my candidate to do that is probably Arian Smith because you know, he was a pretty highly rated recruit coming out of high school. He does have that speed dimension. No disrespect to A.D. Mitchell or Lad McConkey or any of those guys, but if i got to put a chip down on somebody, I might put mine down on Arian Smith if he can stay healthy, Terrence. Yes, most definitely. That's the, the, the biggest question on Arian Smith is can he stay healthy? We all know he's very talented, and he just bring a dimension that no one else has in that room, not Jermaine, not George. It's he can – flat out fly. So now you got two guys that are Olympic type athletes on the edge with TJ Smith coming in. Now we might can start start up the Smith brothers on the outside. I like Maybe it. That tank that, that that campaign could be started. I like uh, it. but you know with with Kier's coming back, I just really like his veteran leadership. I think that leadership on the it was only defense last year with Nicobe Dean, but I think Kier's is a guy that's been there long enough, uh, has helped us win a lot of games. I think he's that guy that to be voice of reason over the whole team. And I really love that he's coming back and can settle everything down and veteran in that room. Um, that that was a big thing outside his talent. Just his veteran presence is another thing that I say we, we are losing a lot of, not talent, but veteran leadership. And Kiaris is a guy that I think can fill that void. I want to talk to you more about that in a moment because I think that's a pretty interesting comparison. Let me do something before we uh, get there, though. You know, last week, a lot of buzz from the conversation we had with you. We talked about the open wide receiver spot there at Georgia. And we don't, around here, we're obviously big fans of yours. We would root for you to get any job in the SEC. And eventually, I think that uh, if that's the path you want to go, I believe you have a really good chance to do that. But I hope it was gratifying for you to hear so many UGA fans that also think that you'd be great in a role like that. But one way or another, this wide receiver coach conversation continues amongst a lot of fans you are a a part of that but as Georgia's pursuit kind of continues for its next wide receivers coach what do you make of where all this stands right now you know first and foremost I you know let me go ahead and say this and I appreciate all the the true Georgia fans out there that support me and think I do a great job yes if the call uh is made and the conversation has been had I would love to be there. That's my school. I, ask, I mean, I, I'm entrenched in uh, with these kids. Uh, you know, if you check out my so, social media, or even kids that are not from the state of Georgia follow me on on social media. And that's just the work that I put in throughout my yeah. academy and coaching kids, and they understand the development that I've been able to help these kids develop. So that's uh, I really appreciate that from the, the Dog Nation. I really do. And uh, whoever the receiver coach is, I just want to have a relationship with them like I had with Coach Hankton. I was able to call Coach Hankton at any point in time. 
uh, he he would call me and ask me about what I think about certain receivers in high school. He would like for me uh, to look at that film and give him my feedback. So I just would like to have that same relationship with whoever the receiver coach is, and you know, and I think that just value my opinion. That's why I love Coach Hankins so much because he 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 valued my opinion on a lot of guys. So. Whoever that guy is, I wish it was me. Yes, I would take the job. I would love to be the receiver coach. But if not, then I just hope whoever the receiver coach is, you know, uh, still allows me to call and talk to him about all things Georgia football. Well, I think a lot of folks around here believe that if it doesn't happen this time, it could happen at some point in time in the future because that's how effective you've been working with a lot of very good wide receivers, that that's – I'd say that's a real possibility if that's the path that you want your life to go. And we're obviously, we're big fans of yours around here. We believe that. Another former player that seems to come become a part of this conversation a little bit, in addition to yourself and Heinz Ward, there's been a little bit of additional chatter as of late about Brian McClendon, who's done some of this kind of stuff. Uh, what would you you know, has experience, what would you make uh, about McClendon's insertion into the conversation? Uh First, he's a Georgia guy. He's alum as well, just like myself and Hines were. And the difference between you know myself and Hines is B Mac has has done it. He's been there, done that. Uh, he has a reputation of being a, a great recruiter, a reputation of being a, a great developer of, of young men on and off the field. So, if that's the guy that uh, Kirby taps to be the next receiver coach, then I know that relationship will, will continue because uh, I talked to B Mac uh, a lot. So uh, I would love for if, it, if it's not me or Hines, I would love for it to be B-Mac as well, another guy that bring the guys back home. Uh, he's a proven uh, college coach, and uh, I would I would be 100% on board with B-Mac, Hines, or myself being in that position. Yeah, Terrence, that's a really cool thing to hear. You made a really cool comparison a moment ago as well. I want to talk to you more, more about that. But first, let me remind folks, this is our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update with Terrence Edwards here right now. Of course, Terrence is a UGA insider. He's a you know, football insider, uh, you know, deeply entrenched with players to play the game, coaches. You hear him uh, talk about that on the show each and every week. And you can't quite be that, but you can be a Marlowe's Tavern insider, which is what I am. <laughs> like, I'll never be a football insider, but a restaurant insider like Marlowe's Tavern, uh, that's something I can pull off. And you can there as well. In fact, it's really easy to do. You can actually just go to Marlowe's Tavern.com and get signed up today. And a big incentive when you do that, how about getting $10 off, $30 purchase? just for signing up that's like your own personal nil deal right there you go to marlo's tavern you get signed up to become a member of the insiders club and you're gonna get ten dollars off thirty dollars just for signing up then after that incentives uh every time that you uh, go to marlo's tavern when you spend at least fifteen dollars on food and beverage you're gonna earn yourself a qualified visit and when you complete four qualified visits you're gonna receive a complimentary entree reward up to twenty dollars to redeem on your next visit that's really cool you also get really good stuff for your birthday as well so it's a great chance great opportunity for you to just get better savings and and cool offers and incentives from our friends at marlowe's tavern so download the marlowe's app or go to marlowe's tavern.com to become a member of the marlowe's tavern insider club so a moment ago terrence you talked about Kiaris jackson coming back and you said that you really feel like that the way in which nicobe dean brought that leadership to the defensive side of the ball that Kiaris jackson can do that on the offensive side of the ball as well we know he can also be a pretty big time player for georgia too had back-to-back 100 yard receiving games going back to the 2020 season and obviously dealt with some injury uh, a little bit during the 2021 campaign but I'm really interested to hear more about the kind of leadership you think that a, a guy like Kiaris brings back to this team, especially in comparison to what a guy like Nicobe did for the defense last season. 
Most definitely. He's a, he's just a well-rounded, respectable uh, guy in that locker room. Uh, I mean, you, you've never heard but great things about Kiers. Uh, I mean, just think about this year. Probably wasn't the season that he thought he would have because he's coming off the scope with the MCL, but he, he's still able to make plays and do what he's asked to do, and he did it with a smile on his face. Uh, so those are the type of guys that just come in and just do what he's asked to do with a smile and, and don't gripe, don't complain. Uh, even when his playing time wasn't as he would want it to be, uh, he would be 100% healthy uh, going into this season, and he could be the guy that uh, that led the team a receiver two years ago. Uh, I think that leadership on and off the field can uh, galvanize this team because I, I tell people all the time, it's not the talent that we lost that I'm worried about. Uh, it's just the leadership that I'm worried about. Can we replace that talent? Kirby's doing a, a great job re- replacing talent and bringing in talent. But talent and leadership are, are two different things. So I'm I'm just worried about who's going to be that voice. And Kiaris is one of those guys that I think uh, is a voice. Uh, Nolan Smith is another one that's coming back. That's a voice. Uh, Chris Smith. So we do have some leaders, but more has to step up. I think Kirby said it best. It was a lot of leaders in that locker room that made this team so special. Terrence, that's really good stuff. Thank you so much for being here as part of our Marlowe's Tavern Insider update right now. And, of course, you are doing great work with uh, those wide receivers. Remind folks how they can get in touch with your wide receiver academy, too. Be yeah, I'm gonna call you out right now before I go. Can uh-huh. we please get that picture? Try? We, we get we need to get an updated picture of me once I come on. We, I'm gonna All right, let me see. Let's come L- take one in the studio. We gotta do something. All right, let me see the picture. Hold on, I'll put it back <laughs> up here, Michael, because I don't know that I've paid close attention. Michael Carvel's our producer today. Let me see the picture here that uh, Terrence. Oh, okay. So uh, Terrence unhappy with that. We got to get you a better picture. All right. I mean, first of all, I feel like you look handsome in the picture. You got the SEC gear on. You got the Georgia gear on. But are you just ready for something a little bit more updated? You know what? I'm a, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see some gear with, with my Georgia 2021 National Championship. I like it. Uh, gear on. I like it. So Let's that, do that. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so so i got to confess one thing to you, Terrence, still about calling me out. So uh my twitter picture is still the same thing from like 2015 like i've aged so much since then like there are a lot of people that probably think of me as like this like really young guy that don't realize that uh yeah i'm actually in my 40s now and what is that seven years removed so i haven't changed my twitter picture in seven years my wife gives me grief i don't really go on facebook very much i think my facebook like header picture is from back when i only had one child (laughs) And so I've only got one child in my picture. My daughter's now going on seven years old herself. So, um, yeah, so I'm not always the best at updating some of these pictures. But for you, we will get your picture updated here. I appreciate it. And, and for all that's looking to get their kids trained, the bubble work is in effect right now. As we have a session tonight at six from 6 to 7.30. You can find me on all social media. That's Terrence Elwood's Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, great stuff. Thanks so much. Appreciate you being here for our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update. Have a great week. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So you've heard me say it a million times before. Like There are certain things we're not going to really pretend to be objective about, and Terrence Edwards is not really one of those things. Uh, I just think Terrence is just a really good dude, and there's no better example of that than this. If you ask him about the wide receiver position, Hey, he does not shy away from the fact of, I'd like to have that job. And, and listen, there are certain jobs in my life, if you ask me about them, uh, 
in a candid private conversation yeah i'd like to have that job too that there are just certain things like that where you just sort of now nah, i'm not leaving dog nature daily but the point is is that there are certain things that you're not going to lie about that if somebody asked you about it yeah that'd be a kind of a cool job to have and terrence edwards says i work with wide receivers i you know i i i have given my life to this position to the sport of football if i had a chance to serve as georgia's wide receivers coach of course i would want that job so credit to terrence for being that candid that honest but also listen to this he does not skip a beat to say but if it ends up being a guy like brian mcclendon totally support him if it were to end up being a guy like heinz ward i'll totally support him uh, if it'll end up being you know, some outside of the program terrence says i'd like to have that relationship i had with cortez hankton where we're kind of chopping it up and talking about players and things like that but terrence edwards on the one hand is is kind enough to be honest with us of course i'd like to have the job but on the other hand showing support for whoever does get that job and i just think that's really cool i I just think that's a really really nice thing and it's one of the things that we like about you know a lot of these guys who you know stay close and connected to the georgia program is that clearly they have their own personal ambitions and who wouldn't but they also have that desire to see their alma mater be as good as it can possibly be that is a really really nice thing and i hope that we don't ever discount any of that all right we've got a couple of interesting stories for our sec through so let me remind you that we're cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean boy what a great time to be on a royal caribbean cruise ship here in 2022 and taking advantage of all of the onboard amenities that all these ships are so famous for whether you're going out of like say harmony of the seas which uh, right now is sailing out of port canaveral or you talk about odyssey of the seas one of those great looking ships that's sailing out of fort lauderdale just some of the stuff that you see on these and we will show the video each and every day it's just it's so much fun so 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 amazing whether it be like the ultimate abyss the tallest slide at sea you know the just the really really cool stuff when you go to perfect day coco Cay and you see that helium balloon that takes you several hundred feet in the air uh, all just the really amazing things. There's specialty restaurants on board. You know, the dining uh, situation on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship right now is so much fun because you've got all these different specialty restaurants you can choose from. Some of the ships have Playmakers uh, Sports Bar, which is kind of a fun thing to be watching sports. I mean, I remember when I first started going on cruise ships, you know, decades ago, uh, it was not always the easy thing to even watch sports at sea. You know, back then, you're <laughs> it was always a little bit of a tricky way of how you even did that. But, uh, but now... You've got all of that sports right there in front of you. A lot of these ships have Playmaker Sports Bar and, and Arcade, which is uh, really, really fun. Of course, you got you know Chops, the uh, Steakhouse, and all kinds of just really fun specialty dining opportunities and just really fun stuff. So great time to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, and 2022 is the year to do it. Uh, and when we say Royal Caribbean around here, we want you to book that cruise with someone who's going to be able to give you the tips and tricks to make your vacation as fun as it can possibly be. That's where the Cruise and Vacation Authority comes in. You can find them online, tcava.com. That's tcava.com. Or 770-952-8300. 770-952-8300. That's the number. They're UGA grads, dog fans, and Royal Caribbean experts. What better way to get on board for a Royal Caribbean cruise here in 2022 than with our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority? All right, I want to do a couple of things here. And we talked about this on SEC Country Live yesterday. And I find this whole thing to be relatively odd for a couple of reasons. So Antonio Cromartie, you know him, a former NFL defensive back, prolific procreator, and also uh, assistant coach, cornerbacks coach at Texas A&M. And Cromartie had quite the rant on Twitter this week that, on the one hand, has gotten a lot of attention. On the other hand, 
I still don't quite feel like it's been talked about maybe as much as it should. Let me show you what Camardi put on Twitter. I believe we have this. So he says, man, this NIL stuff is crazy. Now kids are worried about everybody else's pockets, meaning the money other people are making. How about this? Worry about taking care of the things on the field first. and Everything else will follow, Cromartie says, because if you're not productive on the field or in the classroom, you're not going to see that money. So he says, worry about you. Then he goes on to say, I hope with everyone's family looking for a big payday from these NIL deals, they're getting the financial education they need. He says, if y'all are paying these marketing companies 25 to 30% of what you make and then getting taxed at 36%, you're not making any money, he says. That's over 50% of your money that's gone right there. Then he finally says this, and just know those marketing agents want their money before taxes, just like the government does. So I find that to be really interesting with, with uh, Cromartie on a number of fronts. And one of the things that he brings up there at the end, kind of some frustration with some of the marketing companies, and I don't think this can be discounted, that we are entering into a world in college football now where we're going from the coaches having influence over the players to now the marketing company, so to speak, having influence over the players. And why I think that's potentially worse is because we know who the coach is. If Antonio Cromartie does wrong by one of his Texas A&M defensive backs, that's Cromartie's reputation that's on the line or any other assistant coach in the SEC or head coach in the SEC. We know who these guys are. We know who to, where to find them. A lot of these marketing companies operate in a much more stealth type way, and we don't really know who they are. You know, we don't really know, you know, the names behind the companies from time to time. So I think what Kamardi brings up here is who are these representatives now that are stepping up to try to supposedly make money for these players? And at what cost does all that go down? And I, th- I think that Kamardi is kind of opening up a pretty important conversation there. I, a lot of what Kamardi says, I think, is at least worth considering. But the number one way in which all of this is going to be received is from the people who are pretty suspicious of Texas A&M. A&M does have the number one class right now in the 2022 recruiting cycle. And I guess there's a chance if uh, Harold Perkins comes back to A&M, right now he's decommitted. We talked about that a little earlier. There's still a chance that A&M could have the highest rated class of all time, right, in the in the composite era at 24-7 sports, that, that A&M could not only have the number one class this year, but the highest composite class of uh, of all time and the suspicion here is is that a lot of this has come because of A&M's willingness to leverage NIL deals for its recruits there was the message board post on an Oklahoma board uh, a couple of weeks ago that got a lot of attention typically th- speaking I think of the kind of modern college football fan is pretty savvy the kind of person that watches a show like this just knows what's what on the internet most people have the wherewithal to recognize the difference between crazy random message board poster clout chaser on social media and then actual substantive report that matters most college football fans kind of know the difference however the other day this message board poster was talking about Texas A&M paying 25 or 30 million dollars to its 2022 signing class and even went into specific detail according to his own uh, perspective or own expertise about how it was that A&M was doing that this is one of those rumors message board type things that got taken pretty seriously so much so that Ross Bjork who's the A&M athletic director uh, was actually asked about this in an interview with the Houston Chronicle and totally denied the whole thing that no they're not paying 30 million dollars he says to the 2022 signing class but Jimbo Fisher back in December did acknowledge that yeah they are trying to embrace the NIL era 
And so that's why some of this conversation takes place. So there are a lot of people who see Cromartie kind of flipping out about what we don't even really know what this is even in relationship to. It's clearly a subtweet of something. We don't really know what it is. Uh, there are a lot of people who look at Cromartie here and they're like, wow, is this house of cards already crumbling? <laughs> is this foundation already showing itself to be quicksand? That the uh, NIL give it and the NIL take it away, take it away, that there's already a little bit of trouble on that. And here's the other thing. While it's kind of an interesting conversation started to hear Cromartie saying these things, I'm also sort of amazed that it's not generating more buzz than it is. Can you imagine if a Georgia assistant coach said this? We'd have to do 75 shows on who it is that he's talking about, what all this means. It's just really weird how, I mean, the SEC geographic footprint's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just really weird how the far west version of the SEC in College Station, soon to be Norman, soon to be Austin, it's just different than it is over here. I mean, forget Georgia for a moment. If a Tennessee assistant said this, we'd be, I mean, it'd just be wall-to-wall news. Florida assistant, Alabama assistant, Auburn assistant. It'd just be wall-to-wall news. But somehow a A&M assistant coach goes on a rant that makes him sound more like a fan than a, than, than, than a coach, and yet, you know, tweet doesn't get deleted still up there and everybody just kind of shrugs it off and moves on it's just really weird to me how different the other side i don't mean the sec west i mean the far west geographic side of the sec it's just very weird how different that bunch is compared to over here because i can guarantee you this if you know keep it in the same position if jamal adai said this on twitter we'd be doing a six-hour show right now trying to figure out what all this was about <laughs> but somehow over there it's just kind of i don't know par for the course it's just uh, a little bit strange. Uh, speaking of strange, I also thought this was strange, too. We'll try to pick up the pace here uh, just a little bit, uh, which seems like I say that now every show. But nonetheless, so Derek Mason is now – I still don't think it's quite official yet, but it's on its way to being official that he's going to be Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. He's definitely leaving Auburn. Auburn's already announced his replacement, but he's going to Oklahoma State. And so I just kind of wanted to get a little bit more insight into – how this was being received at Auburn. So I went to one of the Auburn message boards. And the point, the the thing that made me go to the message board was, I have no reason to believe that Mason got fired. Don't believe that he did. Nor do I think that Brian Harson wanted him to leave. It seems like Mason is leaving of his own choosing. So the thing that I wanted to see is, is, uh, how Auburn fans felt about that. Were they sad that Mason was leaving? Or were they saying good riddance, scapegoating him for some of the failures this past season? I just wanted to see what the reaction was. And so when I went to the message board, and maybe you've been to an Auburn message board, you've seen this for yourself. I couldn't find hardly any posts about it. I mean, I was scrolling a couple of pages here, and the entirety of the posts were about the basketball team. Now, listen, I do realize that Auburn is the number one team in the country. I, I totally realize that. But I was actually really surprised to see how much this particular Auburn message board was fixated on Bruce Pearl taking the Louisville job, which has been rumored, or you know what Katie Johnson's doing for the Auburn team, or just the fact that you know, Auburn's number one in basketball. That's a pretty big accomplishment. It's a pretty big deal. No one denies that. But I was amazed at how much the chatter was. And I, you, know, you see on the screen, it says, is Auburn a basketball school now? I'm somewhat joking when I say that. But I got to think if Georgia was number one in basketball, which is almost an unforeseeable situation you almost can't imagine that ever being true but I, I gotta think that the football conversation would still be a little more prolific than it seems to be around Auburn right now and when you look at we talked on yesterday's show about Brian Harson kind of being on the hot seat ESPN has suggested that 
to me, this is part of the indication of that, that that if you go to a message board, even if Bruce Pearl's got the Tigers playing, you know, number one basketball, if you're not even having a football conversation right now, that's not the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, talk about basketball as much as you want if the team's number one, but the football conversation should be happening too. And the basketball conversation, maybe it really is commensurate with the number one team. But the football conversation, at least what I can tell, is non-existent right now. I mean, a lot of you know Auburn fans in your own life. In fact, a lot of you tell me that all the time, that based on where you live, Columbus area, LaGrange, places like that, you know, that West Georgia corridor down there, that, uh, that you know, Auburn, to a lot of you, is your biggest rival because you have a bunch of Auburn people who are always yapping. Are they yapping right now? Have you heard anything from Auburn people about anything? Zero recruiting buzz. You know, zero excitement for the most part about players currently on the team. You know, Brian Harson totally disconnected from the kind of passion we typically expect to see from an SEC fan base. I find that to be a little weird and a little unusual right now. And I guess the other thing that I would uh, mention here is, is that, I mean, like how much of a basketball school would Georgia be if Georgia was number one in basketball? Would we be talking about basketball here each and every day? Some of you complain if we talk about basketball at all. Like, I wonder how much things would change for UGA if the basketball team was having as much success as the Auburn team is having right now. I don't know. It's one of those things where I spent a little time on that message board yesterday, and uh, it just kind of got me uh, a little curious about just how quickly Auburn seems to have put football aside now that the, ba- the basketball team is winning some games. One final SEC through story to get to here uh, for a moment. So obviously Jamar Chase playing in the AFC Championship game this weekend for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals going to Kansas City. And one of the things that Chase said this week that motivates him as a player is the fact that at one point in time, former LSU coach Les Miles told him he couldn't be a wide receiver at LSU. And a lot of folks talk about this, oh, how wrong Les Miles got it. And clearly he did. Chase was a Bolitnikoff award winner in college. He'd been a great player in the NFL at that position too. But I think a lot of folks do kind of forget this. And this is one of those things that might be somewhat instructive for Georgia fans to keep in mind too, is that while Miles clearly got it wrong when he said that Chase wasn't good enough to play at LSU, the fact of the matter is Jamar Chase was not nearly as highly rated a recruit as you might think for someone who had the success that he had at LSU and now as a first-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. He was top 100-ish. I think he was 84th in the country um, as a player, was a four-star, but not a you know, at one point in time, Jamar Chase was probably going to TCU. There was there was a moment back during his signing class where it seemed like that his college future was at a place like TCU. No disrespect to the Horn Frogs, but that's not the kind of place that great wide receivers typically go, but that's kind of where he was going for a while and then eventually had a chance to join the LSU class. And then once he got his wagon hitched to, you know, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady, the rest is history. It may have been the greatest college offense of all time, and and Chase was a big part of that. The point I'm getting to is this, is that for Georgia, they're looking right now for a somewhat similar success story. Maybe not quite as prolific as Jamar Chase turned out to be, but taking someone who may have been a four-star, but not quite the you know top 30 player in the country, five-star type guy, and find some success for them. And I think one of the things that should take a little bit of comfort in is there probably are more examples of this. You know, Justin Jefferson's a little bit like that. Uh, Chris Olave from Ohio State's a little bit like that. You know, Jamar Chase was still a highly rated recruit, but not as highly related as some of the other wide receivers in the SEC that we've talked about here in the past. That there is a little bit, for whatever reason, seemingly a pathway for less than elite level recruits who go on to have elite level success. And so when you think about breakout names for Georgia, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily the five star variety 
to provide that opportunity for you that that maybe even if it's not Blitnikoff type stuff the way that Jamar Chase was uh, a bigger horizon in store for some of these future Georgia wide receivers maybe that's uh, a possibility there as well maybe the Jamar Chase story gives you a little bit of hope for that will make it cruise around around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean now back here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp let me turn my attention now full uh, solely fully back to the Georgia Bulldogs here for a moment and I'm gonna go back in time just because it's a kind of a cool piece of audio to relive let's go back to March here for a moment John Fitzpatrick Georgia tied in was talking about the work that was being done in the early stages of spring practice and Fitzpatrick at the time talking about why Georgia was putting that in the skull session meetings they were having the practices on the field they were having all of the work that was being done almost a full year from where we are sitting and talking right now and in light of what Georgia accomplished going back and hearing Fitzpatrick is is kind of cool so let me let you hear this then I'm going to build off that after it this is John Fitzpatrick from last March we're just excited and we're we're eager and we're hungry we all have a bunch of experience I feel like and we just want to use that experience and we don't want to be you know sitting there watching when it comes to January we want to we want to be playing in those games how cool is that to hear John Fitzpatrick say, hey, we're doing all this right now because when January comes around, we want to be watching the playoff on TV. We want to be there. We want to be in it. And that's exactly how it worked out. Fitzpatrick, a big part of a team that won the Orange Bowl in the national semifinal, won the national championship against the hated foe that is the Alabama Crimson Tide, and all the work that was done January, February, into March last year, turning into spring practice, all of that results in a national championship. What a success story in John Fitzpatrick kind of called his own shot for that when you want to go back to last year. The reason why I bring up John Fitzpatrick is because as Fitz, Fitzpatrick now turns the page to the next chapter in his football life, knowing that he is a national champion and no one can take that away from him, the success story may not be quite done quite so soon for him because Lance Zerlin, who is a NFL draft analyst for the NFL Network and NFL.com, had quite an interesting tweet this week. And I want to make sure you see this for Fitzpatrick, who's now moving on to the NFL, saying, this is what Zerline says on Twitter. He says, if you're a geek for trench play, watch Georgia tight end John Fitzpatrick block for their running game. Uh, Zerline says that he single-handedly helped several runs versus Auburn. He's rarely talked about, but a future NFL Y tight end, that means the position uh, letter, uh, who's going to get after you at the point of attack. How nice is that to hear? And we said this before when Fitzpatrick declared for the NFL that it would not be a surprise to us at all if he goes on to make himself a lot of money playing for a long time in that league because he is 6'7", he's got the big frame to to look for the football, but also he is a very accomplished blocker. You see a guy like Charlie Werner. How well set up is uh, Werner going to be financially because of the blocking that he's doing right now for the San Francisco 49ers? And Terrence Edwards, when he joined us a moment ago, kind of referenced this of that people joke when it comes to UGA fans and blocking and all of that. And I realize that that becomes a source of frustration. But I think the Fitzpatrick story tells us something. It tells us something really important that there are a lot of football players in the Georgia roster that we have talked about on a show like this a lot more than we've talked about John Fitzpatrick. But a lot of those guys we have talked about more than Fitzpatrick won't end up making maybe as much money as he's going to make at the NFL level that the conversation on a show like this gravitates a little bit more towards the sizzle and maybe a little bit less away from the stake. But that's not how actual football really works. That football at its essence is still more about workhorses than it is show ponies. 
And I just think it's kind of important for us to remember that, that the thing that made George a national championship team, for as much as we fixate on famous player this and famous player that, ultimately it's a lot of folks who are willing to do what John Fitzpatrick was willing to do. Be tough, be physical, block, you know, do the things that don't necessarily get you recognized on Dog Nation Daily very much, but earn your paycheck at the NFL. So if you ask John Fitzpatrick, hey, what would you rather had? A little more attention from shows like Dog Nation Daily or that uh, check uh, signed by whatever team owner coming to you, you know, 17 times during the uh, during the fall? I'm guessing the NFL paycheck's going to feel pretty good to him. And for a lot of folks who joke about all the blocking that George asked certain players to do, that blocking opened up a lot of holes along the way to a national championship this season and a lot of opportunities for guys to also go on and get paid at the NFL level, which ultimately is the name of the game for a lot of the folks in a conversation like this. So nice to see Fitzpatrick getting that attention from the NFL network ahead of the conversation around the NFL draft after contributing to a national championship season for Georgia. Hey, one more quick shout out before we sign off here today. Classic City Lager. It's just good cold beer. You talk about fundamentals, blocking and tackling. That's what Classic City Lager kind of is too. You know, doing the hard work necessary to make a beer taste great for you. And you really don't get that unless you're talking about folks who just love it. They love the beer. That's what craft beer is ultimately about, right? It's about people who dedicate themselves to the craft of making beer. That's where the word craft even comes from. These are people that are that are into it. They're connoisseurs. They 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 know what they like. They have learned what we like, and they take great pride and pleasure in delivering that with each and every can. Classic City Lager is just good cold beer. It's a lager-style beer. Sometimes you don't think of lager-style beers in kind of the craft family, but that's one of the reasons why Creature Comforts wanted to do that. They wanted to put their own spin on something that's been a part of the you know American diet forever. You know the the, the lager-style beer that's been an American staple for a long time, and this is Creature Comforts' take on all of that. So if you haven't tried a Classic City Lager from Creature Comforts Brewing Company, it's the time to do it. Or as you're getting ready for some football this weekend and uh tory pines how about a little golf uh dogs on tour there at tory pines uh don't forget it's a wednesday through saturday uh for the pga tour this week whatever sports you're watching here this weekend classic city lager goes great with it from creature comforts brewing company it is simply good cold beer so why don't you try some out today all right golden shoe to give away and i'm always glad when our golden shoes uh submitters give credit to where they got it from because let's face it a lot of these memes just get stolen on the internet and to get passed around and who knows what some of the things that i've created have been now uh you know passed around a thousand times and just that's just the way the internet works so when somebody gives credit cites their source i'm always a little happy about that let me give a golden shoe out today to someone who did just that jerry dogs fan says i stole this from eugene ledbetter lol and what it is for those of you listening radio podcast it's nick saban with the crying jordan face and instead of saying Nick Saban, it says Nick Sabin. So Jerry Dog fan, thanks for sharing this. Eugene Ledbetter, thanks for making it. Uh, really funny, uh, very good, and certainly worthy of a golden shoe here today. Lousy stinking Gators, boy, long time since that poverty program has won a national championship. How about four thousand seven hundred sixty-seven days, and they're going to lose again to Georgia. Two hundred seventy-five days from right now. That is our Gator Hater countdown. This is Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, and we will see you again tomorrow. And on the podcast, I'm off the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. We'll take a couple comments here. Of course, you can always reach out on Twitter, at Dog Nation Daily, or in the comment section there, at DogNation.com. A couple thoughts here on some familiar territory. 
Fantastic Six on Twitter referencing the quarterbacks in the system for Georgia right now. Guys like Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton, who he says, much like Stetson Bennett, also have a little bit of mobility. He says maybe Georgia did truly want a more mobile quarterback all along. I do think in the case of Stetson Bennett, his mobility really was a little bit of a differentiator in comparison to JT Daniels. And listen, it's not to say that Georgia always wants a running quarterback going forward. I think it wants the most effective quarterback it can find. But mobility is a thing there. And I think when folks get a chance to see more of Brock Vandegrift, that's one of the things they're going to like, that he has the big arm, but he also has that ability to to run around a little bit. He's not going to be you know, Lamar Jackson, but keeping plays alive and utilizing those legs to give himself more of a chance to throw, I think you will see more of that from him. In the case of Gunnar Stockton, you know, he really is accomplished with his legs, a little bit more of a runner maybe like in the vein of Tim Tebow, more so than Michael Vick, but nonetheless a, a good running quarterback himself and you know that athleticism is going to show up pretty quick for folks to get a chance to see him maybe even as soon as g-day then there's this ed og on twitter weighing in to say that me and some of the other dog nation folks talk about uga being a 40 point per team offense he says i'll point out that that's not really the case uh when it comes to playing opponents with an actual pulse outside of maybe tennessee he says i understand there are likely several reasons for that leaning on the defense avoiding injuries etc uh, but just saying you couldn't pencil in the 2021 dogs for 40 against a halfway decent opponent maybe not but 34 against Michigan the number three team in the country in the college football playoff 33 points in the national championship against number one Alabama that was for me good enough and certainly good enough to have all of you with us for our comments today as part of the RS Andrews podcast cool down we appreciate that uh, check out RS Andrews online for your air conditioning heating plumbing electric needs show up on time they do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. Check them out today, and we'll see you tomorrow back here once again for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We'll look forward to talking to you then.